All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the pollo ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right, welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Chesco. Gentlemen. Get hype! Where do we even <laughs> begin? Should we begin where last week I said, you might not want sun coming up against Southampton at home. You don't want to start there. That's the one biggest, baddest call that we had all week. I thought about maybe getting that out of the way. You know what's nice, though, is I didn't listen to myself, and I played Sun. Oh, sure. Sun goes down in price, puts in 24 points. Yeah. I got all 24 while lamenting his price drop. Guess what happened last night, Dave? His price went back up, Scott. Got that money back. Dumb mass move of the week came back on Are we going right in there before we've even finished the intro? Let's should, do it. We should probably say what we're doing and who we are and what's oh, going on. Oh, fine. Right. Okay. FPL America podcast. Game week two is in the books. It's just finished hours ago. We're going to do what we do all the time. We're going to go through all the matches and all of the relevant FPL storylines. There were approximately 77 players who had really good fantasy weeks. That might not be much of an exaggeration. It was kind of an incredible fantasy week uh, across the board. That's what happens when a record number of goals are scored in the Premier League during wow. the game week. Wow, wow, wow. And so the fantasy scores had the ability to be good and in some cases great. We will find what is relevant and what is not. Two weeks in, it's always fun to talk about what still seems like an overreaction and what maybe isn't. Maybe what's the right reaction. We'll have a How to Say with Brian J, a a new signing that did something this past weekend. Brian will tell us why the pronunciation changed on us in game week two. Interesting. X, X yeah, we will. <laughs> wow. And uh, we've got all the other segments you you know and that you hopefully love. Scott's stat of the day, manager quote of the week. As Dave alluded to, we'll talk about the dumb mass move of the week and the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the, of the Week Award, all while getting you ready for game week three. But, gentlemen, before we even do that, something – my highlight of the weekend happened before the matches even started. Shut up. What? Well, don't even act like you did something cool. And don't I, tell us anything perverted either. That's not <laughs> what this podcast is about. This is a kid-friendly pod, Scott. So I was on Twitter. Oh, does that help? Does that make it worse? <laughs> it could go either it could way. Go either way. I was going to say, it's <laughs> but, not really definitive. But, but I'll stick around for this. Well, we, uh, we were included in a shout-out of, of favorite fantasy football podcasts. Which was great. DJ Newton, thank you so much. He included us. And it gave us the chance to be included in a tweet thread that at Ben Dinnery was included in. The? The premier Come injuries on. guy, Ben Dinnery. 
And uh, it turned out someone else who's included in the thread is now working for Ben Dinnery. And so, you know, but he, he was thankful for the shout out. And so I said, yeah, same here. For the thanks part, not the Ben Dinnery part. We only wish that Ben knew who we were. Sure. And guess what happened? Ben replied to my tweet. And he said, of course I know. <laughs> That's impossible. Guys, Ben Dinnery knows That's us. That's impossible. There's a chance he's listening to us right now. Who, who does he think <laughs> FPL America podcast is? That's my question. <laughs> who does he think he's that he's right. talking about? He's right. It makes me wonder. He, he didn't realize it was just, just us? <laughs> Could be someone else. Oh, yeah. The guys at FPL oh, America. Yeah. Yes, of course I know them. Uh, great gentlemen. They have America in their name. Must yeah. be grandiose. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It, it, i tell you what. That is, uh, if he truly does, uh, wow, what a massive honor. One in which that uh, I'm not sure I fully believe. Uh, not calling him a liar. <laughs> That'd be understood. I'm just saying. No, it's, it's always good to be mentioned with people who are much smarter and well-known than you are. So Yeah, yeah. What well, about game week two? What about it, Brian? Let's Brian, get into there's it. There's Brian pushing us back, yeah, keeping us on fine. track here. Uh-huh. Hey, listen, that was my highlight I had to share. It's so. a great highlight, and I, I think we can all be happy about starting the podcast that way. On to game week two. I really, truly don't know where to begin. I guess let's start with the Dream Team. There were so many good players that something like eight guys with double-digit points didn't make it onto the Dream Team. The highest scoring player in game week two was the aforementioned Sun. Yeah. Well, when you score four goals. Quarter pounder. You get the quarter pounder. Son, <laughs> you get the quarter pounder. Look, that hey. might be our only quarter pounder this year. Hey, you know what about that match, though? VAR sucks again. Why? Well, it wasn't the worst thing because Spurs still won. It didn't have any impact on the match. But What did VAR do wrong? I just thought that Ings. Do we have time I, to talk about VAR. I, I, no, I just thought that Ings' penalty kick was ridiculous. There was no reason that the ball bounced up into Doherty's hand and. Ings got a penalty kick off of it. Okay. That's what made it five. But, two. I mean, there was a couple it, of plays involving handballs with VAR. No, I know. If they're going to be consistent in that way, I'm going to be okay with it, even though it is going to be annoying for any fan of any club at some point during the season. Yeah, if it, I mean, if there's going to be an uptick in, in uh, incidental hand contact like that that's going to lead to more penalty kicks, then... Oh, might need to pay attention. But can't you tell? You can tell sometimes players are deliberately kicking it into the arms of a defender, yeah. hoping for that call. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't buy the deflections. This one was, but I feel like this one was egregious. I feel like it wasn't even. Anyway. But back yeah. to Sun. Uh, like you said, I think when you see a guy's price drop, and oh. then you see it rise back up. It hurt my heart instantly. to see Sun go to 8.9, but I held well, on. So I we I said this to Dave cuz we were we, we were uh we were together this weekend in a place. And I said <laughs> one of my things with Sun going into this weekend was, you know, I was really close to like a lot of people, I'm sure, to take him I was going to take a minus 4. My my move was going to be to drop Havertz and uh, son to pick up Hamas Rodriguez and Marcus Rashford. The money worked out exactly. Okay. And it looked like a great move. I'm going into the weekend. And I eventually I just said, you know what? 
Son gets to play Southampton. Okay. If he gets a return against Southampton, they have Newcastle next. His price goes right back up. And it's like if he gets anything substantial, like if he scores a goal, I think the matchup warranted buying him back again or that he could go like you know, that's the hope that he would make that money back. So I was I felt okay losing we can tell there's another guy that's that's gonna happen to before the next game week that we'll get to later. But yeah, that's exactly what happened. I don't think I mean we're, I, there's no way you were expecting four goals. No, no, no. four goals on five touches in the Southampton box, and four of them were shots. <laughs> like he scored on. It was just he and Kane were the only two. They were perfect tens on who scored this week, Dave. Yeah. Both of them absolutely perfect. Uh, perfect. Kane also scores. scored, but had three assists. He scored 21 fantasy points. Kane. Is the rich man's Joel Linton? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Yet again, Harry Kane more touches in his own penalty area than in the Saints' penalty area. His only touch in the what? box this match was the goal. Really? Yes. Twenty-seven total touches for Harry Kane in the match. I look. It's awesome that he was so. Uh, clinical with his assists. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I thought, the, did you see that Men in Blazers retweeted a hilarious man who uh, made up the song, uh, he assists when he's fit, he assists when he's fit, Harry Kane, he assists when he's fit. That's awesome. <laughs> that is hilarious, and I don't know the guy's name, but go find Men in Blazers, and that's that guy's yeah. name somewhere. I just don't know how you can go anywhere near Harry Kane for the amount of money that he is. Mm-hmm. At least not until... Gareth Bale is so fit what does and on there. Gareth Bale do here? Does he help Son? Does he help Kane? Does he hurt either one of them? I don't think he hurts them. I think he helps. I think he can only help. Lucas it, Mora is the odd man out, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So and 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 who knows what happens with Steven Bergvine? I think he just ends up. I think that's He's just a, a nice. Yeah. I think Super it's just sub. a nice rotation for them. The bigger issue is behind those guys, and Delhi being not included in the match. This is a Spurs segment, by the way. Delhi is picking, not. I'll play my Spurs music, heavy, please. Heavy Spurs music here. This is this is Brian's fourth Shadow Club. We got to uh, give him time for his Spurs just the, moment. Like you saw what happened. So Delhi gets dropped. You get uh, Delhi permanently dropped. Right. He's in. He's in that rumor mill of being sold. Yeah. So the question is whether or not that's actually going to happen. Um, no, it's the guys behind. So Ndombele comes in and plays for a half. He's really He looks amazing at the end of the first half. And it's like, well, great. He's fit. He's in there. And what happens? He subs out at halftime for Lo Celso. And it's like, no, I think everyone wants them out there together. If the, the, I think the feeling is that when Bale is there, if Spurs can get... Lo Celso and Dombele and... Hoybier? Yeah, Hoybier. If they can get those three together playing behind Sun, Kane, and Bale, I think that's the, that's the feeling of we have... This is the creativity we need, a, uh, an athletic, ball-controlling midfield playing behind three prolific attackers. So I think that's the hope is that eventually you get all of these that that kind of quality playing together, but if Bale's going to be he's coming in hurt, he's not going to play for a month. So a little bump for them. I I mean the thing in that match, I honestly don't know what what in the world. I mean Ralph Hasenhutl 
playing a high line that just is getting abused over and over and over again. Yeah. And the most that he can say is we had to bring in some in some we had to bring off some experienced players in favor of some young players. So yeah, we were he he said it he said we were naive, hmm. and they got destroyed. They did. So all right, I don't. So Bale I mean, helps. Yeah, I think Sun it only owners, helps. Sun owners, you uh, you like what you see, and uh, and I'm gonna enjoy the price rises as they continue to come in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all that there is. Are you guys intrigued at all by Kane at ten no. and a half? Not yet. No. And I was so annoyed leading into Saturday that Sun's price had dropped that I don't even care that his price has gone back up. The dumb mass move of the week is all the people who made his price drop. I hope that those people enjoyed bringing him back in to bring his price back up to nine. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it felt like a waste because your stupidity and your impatience <laughs> is what is costing the rest of us in the market. Right. The way my team's set up right now, I just I can't go to a high high point striker. I've just I've committed to certain things, so I literally can't do it. But at ten and a half, yeah, like that does seem reasonable. I, I just yeah, I, I'll say this: Kane is is way more uh, attractive once Bale gets in the starting lineup along with Son. Um, do you think the same thing could happen, Scott Weeby or Davis Smith, uh, to Danny Inks, who is currently transferred out nearly ninety thousand times so far this week? His price has dropped also. From eight point five to eight point four, despite the fact that he scored a brace here, that's amazing. I think that people are going to DCL for the higher ceiling, and we have to talk about DCL. And just being a better shortly. player, Ings is a fi- it's it's about half. So he's transferred in almost fifty thousand times. But yeah, I mean that to me, I want I would like to know how many of those transfers out were going into this week with Spurs. Sure, especially after a blank in week. You know, a blank in week one. I mean, I, I I get it, but I think if you have Danny Ings, you got to stick with him if he's healthy. He's going to score Southampton's goals. He's going to sh- he's going to score a fair share of Southampton's goals. Burnley, West Brom, and Chelsea, two of those away. Burnley and Chelsea away for Southampton in the next three weeks. We all I, said I, Southampton had a decent schedule to start the season before it had started. That they're in the midst of that, that obviously hasn't changed. You stick with Danny Ings, except, uh, I mean, unless you're going to DCL. DCL and Patrick Bamford are the two it forwards right now in fantasy. They're the two whose prices are rising. As they should be. And I get it if you want to make a move that that hurts a little bit to go to one of those two guys because they've got all the momentum right now. I personally have taken a negative four already for game week three. I had to do it to get to Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and I did not want his price to rise anymore before I had before I went to go get him. Yeah, that felt essential to me. It felt like the negative four was worth it to capture all those tenths that are going to go his way as his ownership only continues to rise leading into game week three. I'm still talking about Dominic Calvert-Lewin, of course. Mm-hmm. Only uh, only that, Calvert-Lewin has been transferred in more than Sun as we're sitting here right now. And rightfully so. Right. And if you did that, if you left Ings to go to DCL, I won't criticize that at all. If you did anything else with Danny Ings, I would probably ask... Well, no, I'll ask... I'll say... I'll, I'll give one more category the, the benefit of the doubt, and that's if you wild-carded. If you're wild-carding into game week three, I'm okay with you getting out of the Ings business. 
Otherwise, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You brought yeah, him in for a reason. This is still this is still a good stretch. I would guess, yeah. If you sold Ings, you probably sold him for one of the one of the trendy picks. You're probably not happy about it because you know you're staring at a hat trick after that. Pick. I didn't like having to sell. Oh, Dave, do you have a Mia Culpa of the week? Uh, yeah. Because I, I have one too. Well, I sold I sold Sun. So oh. I, I I took a minus four and I changed Pulisic and Sun to Hamas Rodriguez and Rashford. So I didn't – it ended up being net fine because Rodriguez did fine. But then again, if you looked at it, if I like technically I didn't have to make the Sun Rashford move. I could have just gone yeah. Pulisic and Rodriguez. Yeah, you should have done that. So, yeah, Your I regret – would have been amazing. Oh, I, knew, I knew Sun was dropping. And so can – I, Can I just say – And this? I said it on our Slack channel. I did it, but I don't, don't like it. Don't feel good about it. Yep. I don't feel good about it, and I did it anyways, and I wish I wouldn't have done it. I wish I would have done what you did. And held on to Sun. Yeah, and held on to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I gained all that money back. I last mean, I night. scored a sixty-eight without that, <laughs> which is that's amazing. What's, that's what's annoying. And and just in case people stop listening halfway through this podcast, I want to put this in here right up front. For the first time in our podcast's history, you and you and me, the three of us, are one, two, and three in our own mini league. Right in, now. in the mini mini league. That's right. Brian, you're like in top five in our in the podcast league. He's up there. It's true. I'm a, I'm having a great start to the season, and that's largely on the back of having Hyung uh, Min's son. <laughs> yeah, understood. But hey, that's that's the first time that's ever happened. So we're doing something right. right here to start the season. Uh, at least at least for two weeks. Now I did what I criticized last week, and okay. this is my Mia couple of the week. Okay. Last week I criticized all those son owners who transferred him out for Willian before Sun even played mm, in game week one. That's remember right. That? I do remember this. So what did you do? I felt like I could not wait any longer to bring in Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Before who played? Chris Wood. <laughs> and Chris Wood scored. Hey, that, now, I no, didn't feel uh, good about it, Dave. No. I didn't feel good about it. I get it. But I did it to get to the essential DCL, yeah. Yeah. and then Chris Wood scores a goal. Which, by the way, can we just talk about how like James Justin, you know, he scored, mm-hmm. you know, had another good return in this match yep. for Leicester. Shockingly, shockingly, uh, terrible defender, great uh, goal scorer here. He's Marcus Alonsoing his way into he into is. relevance. That is exactly right. But can we just talk about how? Chris Wood tossed him aside like he was a tiny baby boy oh my gosh. in order to score his goal. Yeah, I laughed Chris out Wood's loud when I saw Chris Wood score his goal that way. It seemed like it was bad enough that it shouldn't have counted. <laughs> it was, I mean, that was that was significant <laughs> contact. Like, get out of here, to boy! Clear, yes, right. Like, like just that is, like, this is get out not, of here, nephew. This is not like, an NFL football podcast, but that was clearly offensive pass interference. Right there. <laughs> that is true. Arms, so arms true. extended. Get off me! Touchdown. Uh, yeah, but look, look, I. We'll get to – which one are we talking about We're here? Talking Calvert-Lewin about, or Chris Wood right now? Uh, let's talk about – well, let's transition to Dominic Calvert-Lewin officially. We have all, to talk all about All I want to say is you would not have felt as bad. Chris Wood did one of my favorite things, which is to hit the inside of the post mm-hmm. late in the match. Absolutely should have ricocheted in or off of Schmeichel's heel or something into the net. Should have had two goals here, Chris Wood. You would not be looking at this as badly, I don't think, if that ball goes in and if Dominic Calvert-Lewin was not playing against 10-man West Brom most of, a lot of this game. No, it's true. But even still, 
you know, because there's something too about you know playing the early match. It gives you so much time to consider what has happened in that match and Everton kicking things off and DCL kicking things off the way that he did. I mean, it was it was an amazing performance. DCL looks like the the forward that Carlo Ancelotti built him up to be last year when Ancelotti came to Everton. And that's why now he's the first player in FPL this season to see multiple tenths in, in a price rise. Yeah. And rightfully so. Do we all have DCL now at this point in our lineups? I had him to start the season. Well done. Very you well have done. him now, and I do not have him. Uh, Does that I, hurt your heart a little bit? Well, no. I mean, I didn't start the season with him, even though, I mean, I look, I mean, I, we, I said it. You know, I was shocked at the start of the season. I was surprised that, that, that he was so much. Look, say it again. He was. There was five percent difference in ownership. More people owned Richarlison to start the season. Yeah, which is than Calvert Lewin, which I I well, don't understand that. I get I get I don't know if it was stupid. What, I get maybe why. Still... Look, I you didn't pick wrong this week. No matter which Everton person you brought in, sure. except Dina. <laughs> That's the only that was yeah, your only yeah, bad choice. Dina's price has gone up. Right, the matchups are too good. I think that people are still going. They're not. They are not dissuaded by a, a, a blank from him. At Crystal Palace and Brighton next to Dominic Calvert Lewin, even with ten man West Brom, has touched the ball in the penalty area seven nine times this season. Nine times. Richarlison, twenty three times. Only Mo Salah has been in the box more frequently than Richarlison with the ball at his feet. Fourteen touches in the box just this week for Richarlison. And so it's like this is a really good. It's a good balance. Like I, I just I still now that the I'm sure that the percentage difference between the two of them is swapped the other yeah, way. Yeah, in, yeah, inverse. Yeah, you can I I still do not see anything wrong at all with owning Richarlison here. If you pick Richarlison, do you have Richarlison then? No, so you don't have either one. No, and it's but look, I'm just trying to be patient with transfers. I good, ha- I have good. other look. Good, good, I good. I said this week I was going to I was going to try to make none. I thought maybe I'll give Havertz a week. And then as a, as the week wore on, I just said no way. I think I am until Polisic is in the Chelsea lineup. Havertz was is a luxury that is not worth affording. Hmm. So to me the move was it, w- it became increasingly obvious I need to move to a cheaper guy. There really was, I mean, maybe for a minute I kicked around Harvey Barnes or who somebody. Who had a good week. Who did have a great week. 13 points. But in the end, it was, you know, it was Hamas Rodriguez. That's who I went with. He also and it had was, a good week. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like here, if you bought any of, if you bought any of the three attacking Everton assets, mm-hmm. you are thrilled. Yeah. And, and you still have more goodness on the way. There is nothing that is more true about the start of this season than, holy cow, Everton reshaping the midfield is the best thing that has happened in, I don't know, how long for them. They definitely could make uh, game week five against Liverpool a little bit more interesting. That's for sure. Uh, Let's talk next about, so we've covered Sun, Kane, and DCL. Let's talk about Sadio Mane and move to Liverpool. So Sadio Mane's better than Salah again. No, he's still not. Hey, check it out. So Sadio Mane's in the Dream Team. He gets the returns this week after a brace. He also draws the red card that helps lead to the brace in the second half. Andreas Christensen getting sent off. And what I thought was a good, there was a lot of good uses of VAR this week on 
compared to last year and what we've had on average in the restart, VAR it's is, been a calm VAR moment. They, it's done very well. Very well. I well let's just redid- say VAR is, is uh, they're selective sucking. <laughs> He's still got Spurs baggage. Yeah, so just yeah. Just let, let it go. I right? actually am thrilled with how VAR has gone through two game weeks. But two Liverpool Reds make the dream team. You have Mane and you have Allison as your top scoring goalkeeper. Speaking of players whose price has dropped again, uh, Sadio Mane is now down to 11.9. We are now at the price disparity between Sadio Mane and, and Mo Salah, Salah, and it only took one week. Mo Salah went up yep. to 12.1. And I get it. It's everything we've said since the preseason. They are now the same price. Salah had his moment in game week one. Mane had his in game week two. And Mo Salah has five more points overall in the season. Now that they're at the same price point, Salah's going to score more points than Mane. You want Mo Salah. You do, unless Mane's price continues to drop. And or you want to just play Mane on away games and Salah at home games. Brian. That seems to be the pattern here. And, You're not uh, doing that. And, but You're not realistically doing own that. both, and then captain one or the other based on the home or away, and I bench think. the other. No, no, you play both. You play both. You're, so you're going to have two guys, knowing that one is probably going to give you returns. I'm not doing it. I'm the guy who's committed. Who's the crazy man who's committed to three Liverpool defenders? So you don't have either one. No. And I'm committed to Mo Salah, and I'm not coming off of it. And I'm not going to begrudge Mane his great moments here. But I'm not going to have both just so one of the two scores. I'm going to get a different guy that I can put in that spot who's going to score. That doesn't make any sense. I do not want to be a part of endorsing this strategy on this podcast right now. That makes no sense. But you, you know what I do endorse? You hope they both don't get returns. And well, then... obviously, the, the two weeks of the season that they do, I'll regret it. But I'll, I'll live with two weeks of regret out of 38 game weeks. That's perfectly fine with me. Either way, what I do endorse is find one, stick with him. Period. Don't go back and forth. Don't use up your free transfers or, or lose four points going back and forth between the two guys. You know what you're going to get with these two guys by now. This is not new. Liverpool is not catching anyone by surprise right now with what they're doing. So just find your guy and forget it. Yeah, and just as much as you'd say Salah's not going to get two penalty goals in a week, maybe, again this season, Mane doesn't get to play, uh, he might not get to play Keppa again this season. So, yeah, that's true. So Keppa that, might not get to so play again is, this so season. So that is, uh, probably evens out in the end now, uh, for these guys. Brian. Yeah. You told me before we started recording this podcast that you wanted to try to make a case for Keppa. Now, this it might is, be too late. This is sideways from where we're where what we're. What the hell headed. are you about to say? There's nothing that is could be redeemable about this guy. There are some numbers that are redeemable about this guy. I don't believe it. Does Frank? Does Frank know about these numbers? Uh, Frank might be the cause of these numbers. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm desperate. Are to you more. intrigued? Yes. I am. So this is largely coming from Jonathan Wilson, writer at the Guardian, who is. Also, this is his uh, probably his baby here. Just right. to say, last season Keppa had the worst save percentage of any regular Premier League starter since they started keeping records in two thousand three. Not a surprise. In the Premier League, fifty-four and a half percent save percentage for Keppa. But his first season with Chelsea, his save percentage was sixty-seven and a half, which is much closer to what it was prior to coming to. Chelsea. Okay. 
Yeah, but that was with Maurizio Sarri, who he hated. Right. And so this is, this is a big factor here. Willie Caballero, who didn't play a ton for Chelsea last season, but when he played, small sample size, admittedly, but in the matches he started for Chelsea, his save percentage was 56.3%. Really close. That is not far off at all compared to what Keppa was doing. I don't think anyone is looking at Willie Caballero and thinking he's the worst, most overpriced, ridiculous goalkeeper in the world. Caballero's save percentages elsewhere in his career, 71%, 74%, 72.6% when he was at City. His previous two seasons at Chelsea was 78.2%. Basically, the stats that Jonathan Wilson give are that goalkeepers who play for Frank Lampard seem to be put in a position to not make a, a high percentage of saves because Frank Lampard teams, as he says, give up a dispro disproportionate number of two types of goal, crossed set plays and counterattacks. Both of those type of plays put the keeper in the worst possible positions. It leads to a lot of one-on-ones. It leads to the worst possible positions to make saves. And if you're a 23-year-old keeper who's coming in as the most expensive goalkeeper, you already have the pressure of the world on you, and you're putting, being put into a system that is forcing you into making the most difficult saves consistently, it just probably it might do a little bit more to explain why he's not doing great. He's in a system that produces bad goalkeeping. I know. I'm not saying that Kepa should stay. I'm not saying that Frank Lampard. Like we, I look. We've I've been one of the biggest cheerleaders to you know for their signings and how excited it is to you know exciting it is to see Chelsea playing this fun attacking style. But it seems to be at a lot at the expense of the goalkeeping. So. I can buy that. However, call me old if you want to. Call me old-fashioned if you want to. The moment that boy ignored his manager mm. and refused to be subbed off the pitch, he lost me. And you know what else I think? I think he lost Frank a little bit, who then came in after that. And Clearly, Frank Lampard would have seen that. He would have known. Sure. And he obviously knows Keppa better than any of us. Yeah, and that, and that is like the two moments of Keppa in his Chelsea career. Refusing to come off, and now this. It's probably the bookends of his, yeah. of his Chelsea career, because now, you know, Mendy is signed, and it's, you know, he's, you know, probably, probably, we already know he's not playing midweek in Chelsea's midweek match, but... Anyway, look, I, I'm not, not at all trying to say that Keppa is uh, some victim here. I'm just saying. But maybe it, he'll go somewhere and be better. Brian, I'll Absolutely. say Absolutely. You make a compelling case. He's still a short goalkeeper that is short on confidence, stature short, and for you're, whatever reason. You're thinking of Pickford. No, I'm thinking no, of Keppa. That's short, like T-Rex arms. Is Ke Keppa's not a, a big dude. And look, I'm just telling you, like, you, your stats might be right, but wow. I mean, 
Is that his fault? Did Frank make him run out of the goal this past weekend? No, but you're talking about the tail end of confidence here. That's for fair. Him. That's that, fair. That's the only. That's the only thing is that knowing the replacement is getting signed. Right. He you, knows that. Yeah. You. So if it's me, I want to. I want to kick butt. I mean, honestly, it just kind of shows me that he he's being tested and he just fails. He he withers under pressure. Like if it's me, like Emilio Martinez, Scott, what what did he do knowing he was probably going to get sold? Now that we know that it's happening. He won you the Community Shield. And I get that. the FA Cup. I, and I like that better than Keppa. I'm not a Keppa you defender. Know, like, like, he knew it, and he what he did, he went in and showed out. But sometimes you have to get out of the job that you hate before you can be the employee that you want to be. I understand that, but what I'm saying is Keppa wasn't trying to be the employee. Ever. I, I I hear that. Yeah, I mean it's just I, my I, opinion. I am not yeah, a Kepa fan. Look, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying, a fan. Like, I'm just saying there is definitely there is definitely a withering under pressure. But I think you're starting with you're the most expensive goalkeeper transfer in league history, and that's how you're starting. And then you're it's you do be tough to and live And then up you to. do okay. You do okay. You have your bad moments for sure. And I know that Chelsea fans were definitely not like on his side, you know, as as these things started to kind of uh, as it disintegrated. But by the time, you know, by, by last season, I mean, it just kept it was snowballing at that point. And yeah, there's probably um, yes, of course, there's a mentality issue to that. However, you have to say. In a different situation, maybe you might have, uh, maybe you might have seen somebody get something maybe. better out of him. That's all. That's fair. In my opinion, the match that produced the most storylines. In my opinion, the match that produced the most storylines was Manchester United one, Crystal Palace three. Hey, VAR sucks again. No, VAR is amazing again. What are you talking about? No. What are you talking about? I'm just saying, this is like. The Lindelof handball? The Lindelof handball. But they were consistent with it, Brian. The Lindelof handball is is probably correct. Hate the law all you want to. They were consistent with it this past weekend. But you're restarting the game, and you're getting a late check, like a minute and a half or two minutes after the the, the Gea off the line. They are allowed to look at the call until the ball is sent out of play and then brought back into play. Sure. So the ball went out of play following that handball. Referee stopped it. And the referee stopped it because he realized VR is looking at it and gave VR the chance to do the right thing. And in this case, the right thing is what happened. And then VAR had to mm. intervene again because David De Gea cheated a little bit. And it was only a little bit. It, it was, was a just tiny a little, bit. little bit. I know. Like, I can't believe they spotted it so little. But David De Gea tried to cheat. He came off his line a little bit, and they had to retake it. it and it takes a little time for that to be seen. It stinks because it was such a bad penalty. He probably didn't need to no. cheat to get there. So true. No, I know. It's just another situation of, like, stalling, more waiting. I get it. It ends up being right. There, <laughs> there were air quotes That's there. All we, <laughs> it's all this pod was ever screaming for last year. Get it right. Just get it right. Don't yep. be scared to right. get it right. Listen. That's what we've been saying. Don't be scared to get it right. And what was frustrating was that me, I felt like I was one of the biggest VAR supporters to start the season last year. And by halfway through the season, I had to throw my hands up in the air and say – 
I don't know anymore what they're looking at. I don't understand what the criteria is for looking at this. I understand everything that's been done so far with VAR, and I love it. I love the increased use of the monitor. I love the way that they are using it to make these calls. I love the way the the uh, assistant referees are keeping their flags down so that we get offside looked at accurately so play isn't stopped unnecessarily when offside, onside, who knows. They're letting it play out, and then they're going to take a look at it. I love everything about VAR so far this season. For real, though, it has been significantly better. Significantly better. Hey, do we want to talk about Bruno? Did he flop? Does that bother you guys at all? He probably flopped a little bit. Yeah, it's it's what I like. But here's the thing. That that stuff doesn't – you might get away with that once in the league, but you're not going to get away with it multiple times. So, I mean, it is what it is. Here's the one thing I could say in defense of Bruno, and it goes back to last summer when our podcast went by a different name. I did a summer series of episodes on this summer league that I played in. First right. time I'd played organized soccer in a long right. time. And there was this one scrimmage, uh, just an inter- intra-squad scrimmage that I was a part of, where a friend of mine stomped on my toe. Mm. Hurt like hell. Yeah. It was a play that no one else saw. No one noticed it. I'm limping around. Very innocuous. And I realized, you know what? I just might not know half the time whether or not players are accurately hurt or not if they get stepped on like this. There's no doubt players get their toes stepped on all the time. And I don't understand for the life of me how any of them have toenails after going through what I experienced. Seriously. It took nine months for the bruise under my toenail to, to grow out and go away. Gross. It was incredible. That's amazing. And if that happened to Bruno here, totally get it. Understood. We might not have been able to see it, but it also looked like he did overreact a little bit. Crazy. Who really knows? But hey, let me go on right into Scott's stat of the day. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. You guys ready? It comes out of this Crystal Palace Manchester United match. Great. It's the number 18. 18. Scott's stat of the day. The number 18. 18 tears that Keppa had after the match that had to be wiped away with the sleeve of his goalkeeper kit. Wrong match, but I love that you brought it back why, to Keppa. Why, why are you going back to Keppa? Why not? Why are you going back to Keppa? Why not? Uh, 18 is the number of phone calls Zaha answered at halftime for potential uh, other teams oh. he might go to. Oh, wow. Ooh, that might be true. That might be true. Zaha did make the Actually, uh, dream team. I'll redo mine. Okay. 18. 18 times that teams have tried to sign Zaha and Crystal Palace oh. has said no. Yeah, definitely. That, yeah, that wins, right, Brian? Yeah. That's, that yeah. might be low. Yeah. That might be low. No, Zaha had a great week. His price has also gone up. Uh, but no, this stat has nothing to do with Wilfried Zaha. It has everything to do with David De Gea. It is the number of penalties in a row that he has not saved in the Premier League. Wow. That's why he was cheating a bit. He's yeah. got to get off. He's got to get off that so schneid. Wonder why he didn't do his homework. Look, Zaha's two goals are great, and I, if you want me to do a mea culpa, it's that. Look, huge credit to Crystal Palace. Others may have been wrong right along with me, but man, was I way wrong about Crystal Palace. So, what's your thought about them now? Just seeing that, them two well, games look, in, right? Not that's the thing. Not that Bill Simmons needs more exposure uh, in the world, sure, but of Bill, I would like to invoke the Bill Simmons uh, Ewing theory here. Okay, which briefly, is... it we've talked about it in year. You know, it's come up a few times over the time we've done this podcast. Just that basically the idea that 
when a team loses a key player, somebody that seems like they're never going to get over, like some insurmountable loss, uh, that the team tends to not only uh, respond well, but they respond be- beyond what that yep. player seems to have would be able to provide. It's Agreed. called the Ewing theory in reference to Patrick, Patrick Ewing, Ewing. Yep. former NBA basketball it's player. Patrick not an Ewing. NBA podcast. The difference with this one is that Crystal Palace had 17 defensive starters missing, plus the renewed distraction of Wilfred Zaha in the offseason. They've blown the doors off of their problems. Like, this is ridiculous. This was a great performance. Zaha, yeah, like, I mean, great. Good. This is two weeks in a row with goals. He's not going to get to play against Victor Lindelof every week. (laughs) So, uh, he's also not going to get to retake a penalty after IU misses the penalty in every match for the rest of the season either. True story. Probably never never again in his career. I want to read the next few matches for Crystal Palace. Yo. Uh, Home Everton at Chelsea. If Kepa is still in goal, he gets to play Kepa. He's not, yeah, he's not going to get to be Kepa. After those two matchups, which tend at this moment to seem like tougher matchups. Those aren't great. Uh, you're home to Brighton at Fulham, at Wolves, home Leeds, at Burnley, home Newcastle, at West Brom. That's a that's a really overall excellent that's run. That's a pretty good matches. run of games. By the way, that Everton matchup, this is the same Everton who gave up two to West Brom. There's no doubt. But this is an Everton team that is one we haven't seen in a long time. Sure, I'm just saying I mean, Zaha The, the can last still time score. you were concerned about an Everton team, it was Lukaku... It was Gilfie. Uh, who else was a part of that team? Like it was a decent, uh, a team that you were like, okay, we we better lace up today, boys. I'm just saying Zaha can still score against Everton. There's no reason for anyone to hesitate, and people aren't hesitating. Zaha's gone up to seven point one mm-hmm. as we sit here. I'm part of that. I I captured that tenth. I brought in Zaha as part of my double move, which I'll talk about later on in this on this episode. Uh, I didn't want to go to Zaha, but it was a money move, and I feel perfectly fine having Wilfried Zaha now in my midfield. You want to talk about disappointing Manchester United? Sure. No, just that they were disappointing. Oh, yeah, true. But well, is, on is, the whole, I mean, no, you got no returns from, from Marshall. From got, anyone. You from no anyone. Only from, from one person. No, Bruno, Bruno. Bruno was, Bruno, underlying stats-wise, was good. But, man, four shots on target total from Manchester United two of those from Pogba, not what you're looking for. Brian, only one player gave you any kind of fantasy points, and I don't think anyone, maybe tenths of a percent of people actually owned him. Mm -hmm. And his name was said in a really funny way by the announcers here in the United States. I noticed it. I pointed it out to you. So we did what we only do when we notice something like that on this mm. on this podcast. You gotta set yeah. it right. What choice do you have, really? How to say with Brian J. the uh, the the segment that's sweeping the world. Mm. Even Ben Dinnery might know about it. He might. That makes you a little nervous so, right now, Brian. Mm. This better be good. <laughs> Take it away. I want to have music. Can there be? Usually, I try to appease your desires. We're going. Uh, we're going. We're digging a little deeper on this one. I would like the song uh, "Loner Boogie" by the band Boy Azuga. A Z O O G A. Boy Azuga. Okay. 
Okay, hold on. We're going to talk about that so song in a second. Possible. We spent this a lot so... of time on the Zamfir last week, and that was amazing. I can only hope that Boy Azuga... Well, Boy Azuga is not Zamfir. That's the, this is not we're not it's not in the same vein. This the is more flute. like this, the pen no, no, no. got more publicity on our measly little podcast than it has anywhere else in the world. No, these guys are Welsh. They're fun. The album is titled One Two Kung Fu. So I mean, this is they're blessed. It's go, available. It's available for me. To go get them. I have it. Go get Boyazuga. <laughs> this week's how to say is Dutch again. Yeah, it is. But praise Dick Van Dyke. This time it's less about Dutch and more about Drury, I think. That's who you're referring to. Peter. Peter Drury, who, by the way, is one of my favorite announcers. Yeah. He's not an Arlo White, but he's close. He's he's not Ian Dark. He's top five. But he's top five. He's top five of the best soccer play-by-play announcers out there. As you said, Scott, uh... His, his pronunciation, well, I might have caught some folks off guard. You see the Donnie. You see the van. You see the duh. <laughs> right there, clear as day, is B-E-E-K. Yeah. Frankly, I don't want to care how it's supposed to be pronounced. Because for my money, there's almost no better word in any language than the word B. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but sadly, okay. just because a word looks funny and sounds funny doesn't mean that that's the way you pronounce it. This segment today brought to you by Wikipedia. Wikipedia, yes. not the encyclopedia the world needs, the encyclopedia the world deserves. <laughs> In the pronunciation box on on Donnie's uh, Wikipedia entry, you'll see the letter E followed by a colon in the place where the two E's there are in their, uh, Donnie's last name. Okay. It's an E colon. That E colon is a close, mid-front, unrounded vowel, which matters exactly nothing for this segment <laughs> except to waste your precious time. Okay, great. Perfect. What matters is that the sound that that symbol represents is... A, as in the Fonz. Or, hey! <laughs> what year is this podcast? Happy I don't days. know what Dave was really tracking. <laughs> or, as in there is no way, I'm making another how to say. <laughs> that ain't true. Your loner Manchester United goal scorer boogie is none other than Donnie Vandebake. He was right. It is Van de Beek. See, I knew I loved Peter Drury. Wow. I knew he was my favorite for a reason. Even in a loss, if you're a Manchester United fan, you have to like the Van de Beek post-match attitude here. My first match for the club, and you want to win. It doesn't matter how you want to win, he said. I'm really disappointed that we lose 3-1 to at home. I think it's really bad. We played too slowly and talked about what they should have done to move the ball around faster against Crystal Palace. I love he how sounds I, like a captain. I just want, I mean, you want that. I love how a new player from Ajax just called Manchester United slow. I and love it. It doesn't mean that he's wrong. No, I know. I just love it. Oftentimes from the sidelines, you can see what's going on in the field a little bit better than sometimes the guys on the field see it. And you can say, hey, uh, we're slow. Like, ball's not moving. Let's but, make it but, happen. But, 
is that just game week one for them? That's a game week one effect, right? It I mean, this was their to, first match. It has to be. It has to be a little bit rust. It has to be. Uh, you lose Juan Basaka here. I mean, you prefer Juan Basaka to be out there. Yeah, I where think. was he? You had TFM instead of AWB. Yeah, where's? I just don't think he, tell us he was this? just not. He was just not match fit. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I don't think there was any news of a significant injury. It's not right. like he's out for a long time. Look, Victor Lindelof, man, what a terrible he, he day. Made, terrible day. Bottom line is Lindelof. Lindelof's not stopping the offense from scoring, and the offense didn't look great. So right. maybe you know, maybe what, it's this fact, right. Scott, that it was their their preseason game. They probably played some close behind closed doors scrimmages. Yeah. But bottom line is they didn't look sharp. One and shot each from Rashford and, and Martial. You that's want, not good You enough. don't want one shot from each of those guys. Mar- Mason Greenwood had three shots, and he was a halftime sub. He probably should have scored. They're at Brighton match. next week, and Brighton has been no pushover on this restart. No. And guess who's not playing slow? Brighton. If Crystal Palace is playing fast, then what the heck is Brighton playing right now? Yeah. They're on They're when, on super when, speed. When Malpe, Trossard, and... Connolly, the three little short people come flying at you. Like, what are you gonna do then, Brian? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you're well. You're in, they're scoring. Personally, this was the most dis- disappointing result of the weekend. Newcastle nil, Brighton three. But Neil Mope, you mentioned him. He's 16 fantasy points. This is not your ordinary trash birds. This Brian. is Graham Potter's not trash birds. Yeah. Can I give you a Can I give you a Mope stat? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me guess. Let me guess. He had two goals on two touches in the box. No, and two, had five total touches in the game. In two match, you know, that's kind of it. I mean, two <laughs> matches this season, <laughs> six touches in the box. Six. I he mean, scored. no one's racing to get Neil Mope. No, I'm just saying. I just uh, uh, check, I, I, check Con- his Aaron Connolly. Aaron Connolly has played one half of a of football less than Mope has. And has been in the box five times. I mean, Mope did score uh, on a penalty kick. Let's not right. forget a legitimate penalty. Oh, stop! Alan Saint Maximan, what are you doing? Wow, what? what Alan Saint Maximan got hurt and now is on all of our benches, all of your benches. <laughs> uh, no, I look. That was just a bad, a bad day for Alan Saint Maximan. Gave away the penalty, tackling Lamptey. Probably has an ankle injury now. And and Hold he on. also has Ryan Frazier pressure behind him now. Is Tariq Lamptey an essential 4.5 defender in my 4.5 defender rotation? Tariq Lamptey, as Neil Mope said in this segment brought to you by Negra Modelo. Negra Modelo. Modelo Negra, I should say, is the correct name. Uh, delicious beer. <laughs> Tariq Lamptey, he was everywhere. <laughs> this kid doesn't have limits. He is 19, playing at such a high level. No one could stop praising him after this match. The only possible concern is that he was subbed off with groin tightness, says Graham Potter. I mean, I interpreted that as, we're up three goals. I'm just going to keep the kid fresh for the next match. Negro Modelo, so good. You only bring one for you and not for your friends. I only brought, Seriously, what's up with that? I only brought one tonight. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even share the one. Uh, Let it be served, I believe, was some of their print advertisement slogan. I like that. But uh, the brood with a fighting spirit is the one you'll see on television. Yes. Tariq Lamptey, if you're wild carding in, you're bringing Tariq Lamptey. He's a zero risk own, and he's a player that's only going to scoff at a four and a half pound price tag. Yeah. I I mean, I don't. 
If I'm wild carding and I'm not this week, but if I were, Tariq Lamptey would be in my lineup. Agree a hundred percent. I'm not wild carding yet either, but man, I keep like the more we're talking about things, I'm like, oof, maybe that I kid looks a great week to wild card. He looked amazing. And and it wasn't just last week I kind of wrote it off as oh, he's playing his former club. He was better this week. This week. I yeah. know. He's a baller and he's got a lot of momentum moving forward. His form is good. He's an athlete, man. I you saw how you saw how play. you saw how simply and easily he turned to go around Sam Maxim Mav. Yeah, and he Jamal Lewis too. He went around Jamal raced Lewis. past Jamal Lewis. Yeah, Lamptey was just that guy, man. Let's talk about all those guys because so Callum Wilson, you get nothing. Don't overreact. Should have scored. He, 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 hit the post. he hit the post. No, and his header that that was put in by Almiron absolutely should have at least put it on target. And Brian, I agree with you so much that I am giving out the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week award wow. right here. It hurts my heart to do it because Callum Wilson is one of my favorites. But sir, you missed one you should have made, and it would have changed the dynamic of this match. Instead, it only fed it further. Callum Wilson, you are the winner of the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week award. award. I would have given it. I would have given it to Jorginho for missing his penalty. He's an idiot. Yeah, it was an idiotic penalty miss. His his penalties. Goalkeeper's a world class keeper, guys. (laughs) Adrian probably could have stopped it. Adrian would have because he's also a world class keeper. keeper. (laughs) (laughs) When you play for Liverpool, you're world class. I tell you, I tell you what a world class stop is: is Emilio Martinez. Okay, keep saying his name wrong. Emiliano Martinez. Emiliano Martinez. Emiliano Martinez. There had maybe the best looking penalty save I've I've ever ever seen. seen. I agree. I Lundstrom didn't baby it. He put he kicked it with a little pepper, as they say, Brian. He kicked it hard. To a good spot in the corner. It just wasn't high enough. Like, it had to be higher than three foot off the ground. I've never seen a goalkeeper make a save like that. It, he I'm was, sure it's been made. Not that in a not in a Premier League match, I've never seen it. I mean, he was full stretch, perfectly placed hands. It was a thing of beauty. I know you're saying not panic, not to go back all the way to Callum Wilson here, and I agree. No, the next three games are not good. There's no panic, but I would say the next four. You don't love at Spurs, Burnley, Manchester United, and then at Wolves. I would just say uh, lower your expectations for Newcastle in the next month. He's probably right. In fact, it might not be a bad time to actually sell him and then buy back when he's low. The thing is, you have great options, I think, with better matchups in the next... I mean, we, we already said a couple names here. Uh, Chris Wood is one for sure. I mean, if I was picking straight up... Now you're just rubbing it in my no, face. If I'm no, pi- if I'm picking straight up between those two guys, I would I would gladly sell uh, Callum Wilson for Chris Wood. How about, given ba- how about Bamford? Well, Bamford, I his think matchups he, are a little tougher. They're tougher, but you like that he. If you can score against Liverpool, you can score against anyone, and this Leeds team looks like they're here to score some goals. What this? They're playing at Sheffield, the Sheffield that just lost Egan to a red card. Has Sheffield scared anyone to start the no, season? No, Sheffield. Sheffield looks. Uh, they don't. Like, they look like a championship like 15th, club, like fifteenth place Sheffield. Yeah. yeah, this is looking. Rough. We called the John Egan thing last week. By the way, guys, you Crazy. called him John Dan Egan, oh, and we yeah. said only negative things, and then we saw what happened. VAR. Gave him yeah, a red card. That was a that was a tough one though. You oh come on! One? It was the right call. I agree. It was the right call. 
They got the call right. That's all I want. Vieira got That's the call right. That's all I want is the call to be right. I know. I just see, I mean, you see tussling, and there was that one yank, I think, that really pushed it over the top. Yes. Sometimes you can't, a, you can't yank and yank all the time. If it was if not for that one yank, I think you might have. <laughs> you yank, with it. you get yanked. That's what I'm saying. Oh, my goodness. Hey, by the way, I have uh, St. Maximan and LaSalle's on my bench for game week three. Callum Wilson's still up front. I'm not scared about that because if he happens to score a goal, I don't have a Spurs defender. Uh, VAR actually is awesome. You're exactly right. Uh, the Eve Basuma red card in the Newcastle the match. The Eve Basuma yeah, red absolutely. card in uh, Jamal yeah. Lewis's face. Oh, when I saw – was it was it Graham Scott, the referee of this match? When I saw that joke of a referee give a yellow card to Basuma on that one, I was like, please, VAR, intervene. We all saw the scorpion going straight into his face. I mean, that was the clearest. He has an abrasion on his eye. Yeah, not good. And I love, look, I, we, I, I wrote about Jamal Lewis this week. I love Jamal Lewis uh, as, yes. as an asset on the Newcastle. I defense. regret having Lascelles. If I was wild carding today as a current Lascelles owner, Jamal Lewis would become my Newcastle defender in my lineup. Barring an no uh, eye abrasion. Mm. Correct, correct, absolutely. Which is maybe why I'm okay not having him yet. But but Jamal Lewis, the upside is there. But, oh, that Basuma kick. VAR definitely wins the day on that one. We're talking about Newcastle. I want to talk about Alain Saint-Maxime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I want him out of my team. Really? Okay, number one, he hasn't given me any returns. Two weeks. Also, he's hurt. A little. I, I don't love that. And I also love the fact that there are other guys – at his position, at that price point that I need, because I don't care about anyone else, that uh, where he other guys that would be useful to me, because he isn't doing diddly for me. It's hard though. Like Saint Maxman's probably your fourth or fifth midfielder. It's He's my hard. fifth. He is my fifth midfielder. Are, I mean, are you? So you're off to a great start. Are you at a place where your free transfer can be your fourth or fifth midfielder? Absolutely, because I want to. I want to play five midfielders. Okay, great. So who so, you want to transfer? Well, I, so I, I I need help with this. So Ma- Saint Maxman is at five point five. My Current top 5.5 choices are this. Danielle Costello-Potence. Mm-hmm. Jorginho. Okay. Dennis Pratt-Pratt. Dennis Pratt, yeah. You have no money to Matush play with. Matush Click. You, okay. Helder Costa. You have no money to play with. You're going a straight-up 5.5 for another 5.5. I could 5. get to a 6 if I needed to, but I really want to stick in that price point. Okay. I mean, I, you know my answer here. Is Hilder Costa? Absolutely not. Is Dennis Pratt? Pratt. No. Pratt. It is it's not. Potence. Of course. Potence, Potence who, may, who ended uh, Kevin DeBrown's defensive career today. Potence who literally left KDB, one of the world's top footballers, directly behind him as he megged him and then took two dribbles and put a a perfect pass to Raul Jimenez's head in traffic as he scored a goal on City today. That guy. Okay, so I can't get that play and the fact how he has he, how he has looked the first two weeks out of my mind. But, yeah, I'm looking ahead, and there's other guys who, at that same price point, who are producing, and I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. That's I, it? That's all I get is a freaking yeah? I mean, Potence is a great choice. What about – well, is that it? Is that your decision too? I, I think Potence is better than any of the other guys. What don't you like about Helder Costa, who in, who's got five and a 14 I, I returns don't, in both weeks? I don't dislike Helder Costa. Here's here's what I think about Klitsch, Leeds. Ha, click, Klitsch. Mm-hmm. Click. I click. said last week that Click wouldn't score another goal. 
He did score a penalty kick goal, so I that feel still like counts, Scott. I mean, sure. He's got um, nine points in his first two weeks. Yes. So here's the thing, though, about leads. I think you you can only think about offense with leads. That's clear from two weeks. Okay, that's all I care about. And I think they're going to spread the wealth around. You're not going to get one guy. Now, everyone loves Patrick Bamford because he was five and a half. His price is on the rise. He's everyone's favorite new discount forward, mm-hmm. and I understand why. That's perfectly fine. He also gave you returns again this past I'd week. I'd rather have yeah. Bamford at the moment than Wilson. With the upcoming schedules, Leeds seems to have offense that doesn't give three rips who they're playing at the moment. Now, they might get found out. They might get sorted. But at the moment, they're – they're look, they're like, eh, the final's probably going to be 4-4 today, right? Like, you're going to score some goals. We're going to score some goals. We're going to play wide freaking open. Yeah. And I just don't know where those goals are going to come from, and I don't know that it's going to come from any one Leeds player that I own. That's my that's my concern. As a fifth midfielder, I just want them to do something. Okay. Do something. Then do my it. current fifth midfielder is not doing anything. Brian, out of those guys, Potence. He's no, only, he's I only mean, truly look, got I, offensive returns in one match. I've got four of those names have had offensive returns in two matches. No, I understand. And that's Leeds, not true. Potence has had an assist in both games. Right. Leeds Leeds is really tempting. I I just think I. Almost entirely agree with everything Scott said. I just, I think you love that you're getting a ton of goals from them. It's just, I don't know. I don't know why it's still hard to trust. I mean, there's just something about it that, look, if you're buying, look, you know why you're buying Bamford. It's because if you're going to have a third forward who isn't the cheapest possible guy. Sure. He's he's useful. You want? I mean, you don't love that he's going to play sixty three minutes every week for the rest of the season as long as he's healthy. But if he gives you at least five or six points, you're okay with that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, as I a mean, five point, so, right. five point so six. Now, I yeah, reference, he's up again. I, I think he's at five seven. I think he and he and Calvert Lewin are the only two that have gone up twice. I want to reference Potence place for Wolves. I want to reference Wolves schedule mm-hmm. at West Ham, home Fulham, at Leeds, home Newcastle, home. Crystal Palace. Yes. That's, I was nervous about Wolves for the first two weeks. That's over. They're through and, that. And now you see, I don't know that there's a reason to be nervous about Wolves, period, in any matchup. I agree. Look, I'm on I'm on written record of this, even going into preseason. Uh, I, they, you, there's just so much about Wolves. Every match feels like they're going to get at least one. And... Jimenez seems like the guy that's going to get that goal every single time. And Traore has been the provider, but today, this was the this was the Potence match today. I mean, he was everywhere. He was running behind. John Stone sucks. And he probably should have scored a goal, too, at least one. Wolves had so many good chances in the second half. Yeah, and they, they were just they just they could have easily won the match. Them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, listen, as long as Adama Traore is playing in defense for Wolves until they finalize the signing of Nelson Semedo, and that guy's actually in the lineup, Adama Traore is playing defense, and he's worthless for your fantasy lineup. Yeah, Daniel Potence though, that's your guy. Uh, Dave, I I mean St. Maximan because that's where this was all this was all rooted in this move Correct. for you to get rid of St. Maximan. There are a lot of options, and there are those guys. If you're not going to go up at all, then yeah, I understand the I understand the confusion. But I feel like I've had my sights set on Potence for since week since week one started. 
And the more we talk, the more I agree with you, Brian, the more I regret taking a negative four already for game week three, because obviously I'm not going to wild card now. But this does feel like a great time to wild card, because you can go all the way down to your fifth midfielder, St. Maximan, and find a better replacement and feel really good about your lineup moving into game week three. I... I've also taken a minus four, and I'm looking at that same thing. I, right as my team sits right now, I mean that's this is the issue. I think I think there's so many moves that you want to make as usual every week, but um, like as it's as it stands, I mean I I don't I mean I think we all own Justin. I think most people own Justin at I this don't. point. Okay. You don't? Nope. You're the only one in this spot. Oh really? Justin well, who? Leicester City. Justin plays for the Foxes. James Justin. Justin Fox. He's gotten James lucky. Justin. He's gotten lucky a couple of times. Of course, he's gotten lucky a couple of times. But you got points, and the but I don't want him playing against Manchester City. I don't trust him to get lucky there against Manchester City. Yeah. So if I could help it, I wouldn't want to have to play him this week. So there, I think that's the. I think it's the same thing. You look at Saint Maximan's schedule. You look at an injury. To me, I don't. I mean, as of right this moment, I don't know how you count on him playing. Next week, a minus four transfer for him. If you're playing the guy that you're putting in there, I would look at that as transferring out a zero and getting back whatever, you know, the minimum. It's the, you know, that idea of even if they get two, you're only taking a minus two on that. Let's talk about Arsenal and West Ham. Arsenal squeak out a win. It was a little tighter than I think we all expected. Win's a win, Scott. Against West Ham. I did love Mikel Arteta's smile at the end of this match. He was genuinely it meant happy. It meant something. To get those three points. He hey, the mental toughness. That right? West Ham team was not the West Ham team that played the week before. Agreed. No. That was a different West Ham team. So they had a nice week of training. They did Dave, over there. question. In, in Hammerville. Uh, Hammerville. They did have a great, uh, they did have great training in Hammerville. Uh, David Moyes is still a professional and is going to try to get the most that he can out of his squad. Free David Moyes. Hashtag free David Moyes. Dave, first thing, how much of the West or how much of the Arsenal performance in this match came down to pre pre game warm up injury to Kieran Tierney's hip? It wasn't good. It it having it, to swap Tierney for Kolasinets. It felt like there was a massive void. There's a big difference between Tierney and Kolasinets. Yeah. It's obvious. It, it made it made <laughs> watching the match was one of the first times that I, I'm watching it. I'm like, wow, we look really vulnerable. Really vulnerable. Got nothing coming down that side. There's no overlaps I feel good about. There's no dimes putting right in the middle. And you realize, oh wow, Tierney's doing so much. Like yeah. it's the first time. And who else was not on that side? Ainsley Maitland and Niles. Again, so it's like it just seemed – I'm sure that decision was already made, but then when it, that was compounded, so now all of a sudden that, the side looked really weak. And that's uh, that's Aubameyang's side. I think everyone is sad. Millions of, of fantasy cap- Premier League yeah. uh, of people owners are not happy Because there's no way you Aubameyang. can predict the fact that Tyranny's going to go out. Um, and, and obviously, you know, Arteta thought that it would be a good time to give uh, Sokka – a run mm-hmm. there. And Sokka didn't have a terrible match. He just squandered some chances. He wasn't yeah. precise. No, it, it, it wasn't. He wasn't as uh, emboldened as he has been in the past. And But again, it, may, it could have all been. Let's just blame it all on Kolasinic. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Isn't it funny, though? You know, we talk about how important 
you know, making good signings is. Right now, the transfer window is still open. Their opponent here, what Arsenal's opponent was West Ham. We talked about their lack of signings. You know, sometimes you don't even realize how important improving a certain position is until until you have it, and then you don't, like you had with Kieran Tierney, right? Tierney is a far better player in that position than Kolasinac is. You had Kolasinac there for the last few years. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you have Kieran Tierney. And it's like, whoa. It's night and day when he's healthy. It's totally different. The kid's good, man. Kid is good. He really is good. Dave, um, another question for you. Do you want uh, Saka to take the most shots of anyone on your team, and that total being two? I, I want that total to be higher. I'm okay with him taking two shots. Do you like that West Ham outshot Arsenal 14-7? to seven It, it doesn't surprise me. Okay. I mean, it does a little bit because it's West Ham, but they have been playing a little bit more counterattacking style. Similar to Heung-Min's son last week, I personally don't want Aubameyang to be the most creative facilitator. No. On the pitch for Arsenal. No, I, I would want, prefer that he is not I want the him most having the most the key passes or crosses of any gunner, and that's, that's what happened this match. That's correct. I think there was some. There was it was a learning experience for some of the players out there, but they passed the test. I mean, they 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 did they, they did squeaked enough, out the they, win. They did enough to get it in. Brian, your boy and Kedia came in, got got the winner. I. Isn't it awesome that Alexander Lacazette is extremely happy to be here? Thank you very much. He is extremely then, happy to be here. And he's kicked Enkedia uh, right back to the bench again. Isn't this great? I think things might change once cup matches begin. Okay. I, it, it seemed like Arteta last year was was uh, felt better starting Lacazette in in the Europa matches, in the European matches, and then Kedia at home in the Premier League matches. But we'll see how that goes. You do need... You gotta have well, you, you gotta need, have a big squad. You need veteran anchors in those cup matches to make those matches work, right? Yeah. As a Liverpool fan, I see that you know James Milner plays the most in cup matches. James Milner's really good, but at this stage of his career, you know he's he's captaining the cup match squad. When you and when, you need that as when a you travel fan. to other countries, to other cities, playing in stadiums that you've never been in before. Uh, as opposed to the Premier League, when you're always traveling to the same the same eighteen, nineteen places, sort of, yeah. right? Yeah. It changes a little bit. It's a di- it's a big difference. It is a and, and to put that on younger guys, you know, when when there's fans next to your hotel staying up all night blowing air horns, mm-hmm. you, you do want those veterans. That's true. Starting that match the next day. That's right. It's funny that you say that because you you remind me of the fact that in the Newcastle Brighton match, the uh, the World Feed announcer mentioned multiple times in that match how Brighton had to travel 300 miles to Newcastle to make that match because that's how far away Brighton is from Newcastle. It's like 296 or something. I googled it. It's 296. Okay. 294, 296, something like that. Uh, As if that's something. Did they boat there? That's nothing compared to the Bulgarian (laughs) travel. Did they train? That Arsenal is going to face. Did they hop on a choo-choo train and travel up there? I'm assuming they have a plane. Brian, did the planes work? I think they do, as far as I know. The buses probably still run as well. Let's go back to Arsenal and West Ham. Most here. planes fly at about 600 miles per hour. They're 300 miles away. Holy <laughs> shit, that was a 30-minute plane ride. <laughs> Dave. Hey, Dave, what about Ceballos? He gets an assist here. Are you happy about that? Uh, Why aren't You're not considering him as your fifth midfielder here, going even down lower than St. Maximan? That's a good point. As someone who kind of touted him earlier. 
That was mere merely two weeks ago. It was merely two weeks ago. I in, until Arsenal complete the transfer window with some rumors out there about Thomas Partey and others. I just kind of want to see how that shakes out. Okay. But if Ceballos, it won't surprise me. And ironically, it was Ceballos to Enkedia who kind of came to fisticuffs, uh, what, Scott, yeah. a week earlier in, yeah. the, in the warm-ups. It's That's all right. love now. Uh, it is all love, assisting in the goal scorer. So sometimes brothers need to need to throw down a little bit and hug each other after they're done. Uh, you would know. Got to yeah, love the uh, bonus point scoring system for FPL here. And Kedia leaves with all three bonus points in the match, despite playing only 13 minutes and eight total touches and completing 50% of his four passes. Uh, I, I thought under- that I, was so crazy. I don't understand. I don't understand either. I don't I know re- how he. I don't know how he out BPSed Lacazette. Lacazette. It doesn't make any sense. No, and, unless for whatever. Have you suggested this before? That the later you score a goal, yes, the more it counts. Yeah, it seems like late goal scorers like this would rocket up. The, this would the lend BPS itself to chart. that theory. Right, it's weird, man. That th- this this would lend itself to that theory because there's no way. Because I saw the same thing that that Enkedia should have gotten all three bonus points, only playing 13 minutes and somehow outplaying Lacazette, who also scored. It just doesn't make yeah. any sense. Or Antonio, which is or even Ant- which is extreme. That to me is even is weird. Agree. Can David, I say something about Antonio? Sure. And then I'm going to say something about David Moyes. I know we've all griped about how bad the upcoming matches are for West Ham, but the next three aren't the worst worst. And They're I think that worst, and worst. I think worst, that should worst. help Antonio. Uh three big chances this week. The most of any player in the Premier League other than Son, no, including Son and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So, Mikel Antonio, three big chances, gets a goal here. Antonio's price has dropped, I think, largely because of this ter- he's, he's 6.4. So he has dropped, I think, largely him. on on the back of these terrible red rated matchups that are on the uh, on the system here. He's not going to drop again, though, right? I don't know. I don't see why any. So I think this is seven point two. He might. I'm saying I think people yet again. I think that schedule looks so bad. Uh, I think despite the goal, Antonio, people are going to still want to sell. I think you can drop to a lower player or get somebody who's a similar price and feel better about it. They play Wolves at Leicester and Spurs in their next three. Uh, Antonio loves a goal against Tottenham. We already know that. Uh, I wouldn't call the Leicester defense exactly a brick wall right now. And I guess you don't really like him against Wolves all that much. But still, (laughs) I'm saying like two of the next three – uh, even in what looked like a bad schedule. I, I mean, I'm not that scared. I think Antonio, I mean, Antonio's maintaining this level, uh, and he's got real fire. So, I mean, I don't think anybody's doubting Mikhail Antonio here. If it's going to be anyone, it is going to be Antonio. Uh, other good thing for him, uh, Allaire subs in late, and it's uh, this is another stat that's floating around out there, is just how much better Antonio is when Allaire is not playing with him to start. So Antonio, when he leads the line and it's, and it's on Antonio to be there, he is very much capable of being the man. We all know that. Yeah, there's no secret there. Hey, uh, the only person who hates VAR more than Brian Chesko right now, <laughs> okay. David Moyes. Really? Yeah, I'm going to give you the manager quote of the week. So 
Dave, I don't know if you noticed this, but there was a play where Gabrielle. There's a question as to whether or not he used his arm. Okay. On a like a uh, swim move, like this is on a a Socheck header appeared to hit Gabrielle's arm. Okay. And uh, David Moyes couldn't let go of it post match. Okay. Can we? He said, "I think it was a penalty. If it wasn't, they need to explain the rules to us again." We're all unsure. Mm. Gabrielle should have headed it because he missed it and hit his arm. He should have been punished for that. Bad boy. Yeah. Was his arm away from his body? That's a good question. I honestly have no idea. Was it no like idea. how Matt Doherty had his arm out in a very natural position as he was playing normal defense and the ball accidentally bumped up into his arm as he was just out there? Did that guy even play? Was Doherty... Brian, oh, he was in that there. game. Oh, he was out there. Brian, I couldn't say because I honestly did not notice this play at all. I think David Moyes is just trying to grasp onto anything that he can. I'll say it again. I don't remember that play either, Scott. Free David Moyes. All right, let me mention some names. We're gonna hold on real quick. What? Pe- well, I mean, <laughs> what people, is it? People got a bombing. What are they supposed to do? Hold on to him. His you Christ are fine. Not- you're His, fine with Aubameyang against your team next week. You are an Aubameyang owner, Scott, and you say hold Aubameyang. At the end of this pod, I'll tell you what I've done with my lineup. I've okay. taken a negative four with two free transfers. Aubameyang has stayed in my lineup. Okay. The only way he would come out is if I wild card, and I'm not wild carding yet. I, for one week, am thinking about moving him for KDB. Okay. Or I a, get that. I can't. I, I get can't, that. If I think the Arsenal. Liverpool match. I'm I'm hoping for a zero zero. <laughs> really? Well, you have three Liverpool. Yeah, of defenders. course. You're hoping for zero it from Liverpool. Far, every Liverpool match from now it on. It is far more likely to be two two than nil nil. So I'll say this. I think Klopp. Um, I think Klopp's a really smart dude, and I think that he, I told this to brother Matt today. I think um, you think Klopp's a smart dude. That is a very profound quote. Appreciate. That. I, I appreciate the shout out to your Klopp. Finishing my statement. The FPL America Derby, by the way, this coming weekend. Arsenal-Liverpool. That's right. Your team and my team. That's right. And and Arsenal's won the last two. Let that be noted. So, um, going into... Neither match mattered. It's fine. Whatever. That's what losers say. Winners (laughs) winners say they won the last two. Losers make excuses. So, I think Klopp's a really smart dude. He's got this new toy in Thiago. He's going to say, I can't play... for whatever reason, Arteta, or, uh, Arteta and Arsenal have had our number the last two times we've played them. So we should probably change something up. Because yeah. you have the talent to do it. Sure. You're, you're, you are a more talented team. That's why I get excited when we beat you, right? You should win the match if it just comes to talent. So, so Klopp has to say, okay, we have more talent. Let's figure out a way to use our talent better. I'm concerned that they're going to. And uh, I mean, yeah, I have. I'm torn because I have a bombing, yet I also have three Liverpool defenders, and I have Leno. I'm, I am in a lose lose this weekend, and that's why, like, I can, <laughs> I'm considering wild carding, but that's stupid for one week. I mean, who does that? I don't have to wild card, but so, anyways, I might. But, just... I mean, that's a fair question, though. Could you wild card into something better for the foreseeable future? Versus, yeah, I mean, just look, riding I might, out uh, one bad matchup that obviously hits your lineup hard. I, I it doesn't matter. Have to make changes. Right? Every team plays every other right. team twice, so everything comes back around in, in fantasy at some point. At some point, is it worth it to wild card out of this matchup for you? I'm telling you, I was going to say, uh, 
could have said this at the start of this could be the theme of the show is not like you needed or wanted a reminder of this, but this week, almost more than any in recent memory, uh, should remind you that sometimes you just need to stick with the guys that you have. That's with, right. With Sun, I mean, right? look at the goals. Mitrovic. How many people sold Mitrovic before this? Not league? me. This is a good point. Hugman's son. How many people sold him? A lot. Yeah, not me. Mane, obviously, dropped in price going into this week. Yeah. Danny Ings dropped in price. Antonio dropped in price. Right. You got a bonus point for Trent Alexander-Arnold, who people sold this week. And Doesn't you make didn't sense. get one from Andy Robertson. You even got one from Virgil this week, and you didn't get one from Robert. Like, Kane's assists. Like, these are all things that I think you would have looked at in week one and said, there's nothing doing here, and moved on. And this week you would have, I'm sure, there's plenty of regret to go around. There's a lot of regret. No, it's a really good point. It's a really good point, Brian. I do have Morris, too, and Morris did not play today, so I'm trying to figure out what to do with him. I, I already I haven't saved it, but that's I, shoot, a, I that's a I believe that is a match fitness issue. You think that, you think he's gonna be ready to roll a, next week? That is a came back late, COVID related lateness, not coming back in uh, in full fitness even. And plus, he had a thing with his sisters. His sisters had a salon that got attacked as some kind of weird tabloid kind oh, of thing. Oh wow! So there's like a personal issue that's in there right. too. So I I mean, Mar look, City I, I needed him love today, right? Riyad Mahrez. I love. I, City I, needed him in the I think pitch we, today. We should all hope that Riyad Mahrez gets to get significant minutes this season for them. All that to say, if you're doing something with Aubameyang, you're doing it based on what looks like. Again, you're looking at the matchup rating system. It's looking at maroon. That's what you're looking at, and you're saying there's no way. That, like, if it's upside that you're going for, which is a very trendy thing. To be doing and chasing upside, which is something that's advocated by other FPL uh, pundits that are out there. Uh, yeah, of course. You are looking at what's the highest, what's the ceiling for Aubameyang against Liverpool? A goal? I think he could score a goal. Okay. You lo- you, he you, could easily assist a goal. You'd like a goal. Who does Manchester City play this week? Leicester. They're home to Leicester. They are playing at home to Leicester. Is, do, who do you like better you're attacking City assets at home against Leicester or Arsenal playing at a crowdless Anfield. <laughs> Who do you like better there? I like City. I like Aubameyang to break. Liverpool will lose at Anfield this week for the first time in like seven years. Okay, you games. can't ask me. You can't ask the Arsenal <laughs> fan. You can't ask the Arsenal fan. Who do you fan. like better? City is a better no, play. I like City. City is a better City's play. City is a smarter play. How many goals did Burnley just score against Leicester? Two. Two. Burnley scored two Chris Woods against threw the that vaunted yeah. Leicester defense. Come uh, on, Brian. Brian, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All exactly. those owners. Exactly. I would love to have my Soyuncu moment. Can I? Please. Can I give that to you? All right. So Anthony Castagna makes the dream team again. Nine huh? fantasy points. James Justin scores a goal. Another week of return. Seven more fantasy points. Soyuncu. Who scored for? Who got points that mattered? For Leicester City this week. Yeah. Castagna. Harvey Barnes. Castagna. Pratt. Pratt. James Justin. James Justin. Soyuncu's not on the list. Leicester City uh, Soyuncu moment brought to you by uh, this cup of whatever thing I'm drinking. It's Buffalo Trace. How, m- how many points did Justin score? Seven. Seven. How many points? How much does he cost? 
4.5. He might be up to 4.6 now. He is he up was, to 4.6. Okay, he's up to 4.6. So he's gone up 4.6. Uh, Castagna, how much did he score this week? Nine. And how much does he cost? Five and a half. And what did Soyuncu do this week? Nothing. He, he played. did nothing. He and played. how much did he cost? Five and a half. How much did you pay for nothing? Five and a half. It is insane that Chalar Soyuncu's ownership <laughs> is double digits. That is insanity. I, I love... cannot believe that <laughs> double digit percentage of FPL managers own that guy. It does not make sense. This is my John Stones of the 2020-2021 season. It's your Martin Kelly. This is Martin Kelly. <laughs> Is a good player from last season. This is ridiculous. Hey, ridiculous. It's, it's a new segment, Scott. Yeah. It's, it's the new. This is. John oh, Stones no. ownership update. This is my Yannick Vestergaard, also <laughs> from last season. This is so dumb. I cannot believe that this is happening. It's so fun what soapboxes that we get on. It's hey, Soyun Chu's ownership update. Can I, can I just feed this a little bit more? Yeah. So Andrew scored the same number of fantasy points as Wes Morgan. And Wes Morgan came on in like the last bit of stoppage. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a terrible I, own. I knew you'd appreciate that. All right, we are in the stretch run. We're actually going to do a stutter dud the way I've always wanted to. You're just going to say stutter dud and we're going to wow. move on. Are you ready? Okay. All right, here we go. Pressure I've got a Leeds trio. Click. Stutter dud. Stud. Man, I'm way closer to stud than dud on him. I'm still dud. Man. Costa. Helder Costa. Stud. Mm, I'm going to go dud on that guy. I'm dud. He's not going to do it every single week like he's done. Again, Leeds is going to spread it out way too much. I don't think every week, but it doesn't. he doesn't have to do that to be a hey, stud. Hey, if Click five, is on five. penalties, five, five. Click scored a penalty, that's different. Because you want a penalty taker for a team that's scoring a billion goals. Fair enough. Patrick Bamford. Stud. Do At I those price points. Yes, these are all relative. These relative? are all relative price to point price point points. Is, pr- price point matters here. Stutter dud, Brian. Give an answer. All right, then I will say stud, I think. I agree. Stud. I'll say stud on Bamford. Andros Townsend. Now, before you even answer, eight and nine so far this season. 17 total points. It's tough for me to say this, but I'm going to say dud. He's got energy. I just hate Crystal Palace. I love Crystal Palace, but I just hate this Crystal Palace. <laughs> Answer the question. I'm going to say dud. On, uh, I'm going to say dud, but Thompson. only because go to Wolf Zaha. If you're interested in that club, go to Zaha. He's you know who was awesome, too? Is Jeff, Jeffrey Schlupp. I knew that you would say that Man. after he assisted that goal. He I looked, knew it. He one looked, word. What happened to one word? <laughs> he looked great. One oh, word. Man. I knew he would say that. All right, Michael Keane, Everton, a six and a seven so far. The only defender with two weeks of returns. Dud. Brian. He's five, and that's uh, – I like that. I'm going to say stud, given okay. this uh, this Everton and the matchups. Yeah. Give me okay. – give me. I'd like that way into the um, Everton defense. All right. I'm going to say dud. I'd rather go to Castagna, 5-5. Five, five, Absolutely. All right. For Arsenal, Alexander Lacazette, seven and a seven. I know. I saw this earlier. We didn't mention it. I'm going to say dud. I, I'm wary of the consistency. Brian. If – Alexander Lacazette is happy and playing. He is 100% a stud. Fair. Uh, I just don't know how you can trust it. So I'm going to say he is also a dud. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Ryan. Of course. Screw me. We make him answer and he gives both. 
Scott? I have given zero thought to bringing Lacazette in, and I won't do it at all. Probably His price point's season. too high. Yeah, no, he's a dud. Okay. All right. Do you want me to say what I wrote about him in the preseason? Now just move. No, on. go to patreon.com slash FPL America and you will see what Brian wrote about Alexander Lacazette, which by the way, Brian, you're killing FPL America colon the article. Quick plug. All right, Leicester Defenders. They're I mean, we talked about Castania and the dream team. Fourteen and a nine. Stud or dud? Stud. Five and a half? Yeah. Too expensive, but stud. Yeah, too expensive. It's not gonna last. I'm gonna say dud. James Justin, a lot of people are going to him. His price oh, just went up. He doesn't have to keep that exact pace at a 5.5. Five. He just got to get close to that pace to be a stud. 5.5 five is a lot of money to invest not if you in own, a defender. Not if you own a 7.5, seven, 7.0, seven, oh, and a 6.5 defender. Well, not a lot of people have all three Liverpool defenders. I wonder what percentage of all <laughs> FPL owners have all three. I'm guessing it's in the single digits. Now, Probably credit to less, you. Credit to you, though. It's paid off so far through two weeks. And the Liverpool defense hasn't even hit its stride yet. So far. Let's not jinx it. <laughs> they play Arsenal next, I by know, the way. I know. All right, Dave. Let's go back to James Justin. Let's stay on track yeah, here. That's James dud. Justin. He's a dud. He's a moron. <laughs> oh Agreed. Dud is my answer, too. James Justin costs, even now, 4.6 and has gotten you returns in two weeks. I want him as long as there is not a replacement for him, as long as Ricardo Pereira is At injured. Manchester City, game week three. I'm not playing him, but I don't want him <laughs> next week. That's why I just said a little bit ago, after after Manchester City, home to West Ham, home to Aston Villa. You're going to want James Justin in your team after Manchester City as soon as there's a hint that Ricardo Pereira is healthy and training again and is, a, is in contention for selection. James Justin will be the fastest player out of my team because I will want Ricardo Pereira at that point. Fair. Still a dud. All right, one more name. Well, actually, that's not true. I've got a bunch of more names. Leandro Trossard, Brighton, 8-6. I'll answer first. Stud, I love Leandro Trossard, and I know what that sounds like. I think he is so, so good. He's a trash bird, Brian. I, I under, thought it was I one word. I understand that. Dud. 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 Really? Keep, keep it rolling, yes. This is high-flying Brighton. Oh, and I, I just I... said, listen to me right now. Buy, I buy said, him. Go buy high... him. Go buy him and see how you feel in three weeks. Flying Brighton. Go buy him and see how you feel in three the weeks. The guy, this is the... Go you're... buy him. That's if... not a terrible schedule. Babe. Go buy him. If not a terrible hey, schedule. Hey, if he's getting the minutes that you want from him, man, oh man, that guy makes me nervous. Go buy him. All right, let's roll through a few more names that did not make the dream team, but they've given you returns in two weeks in a row. James Rodriguez. Stud. Oh, man, I love that move that I made. And I'm sure everyone who bought Rodriguez <laughs> loves it. Stud. Stud. Yeah, he's a stud. All right, go. Oh, Richarlison. So uh, I like his teammate better, Dud. No, stud. He had three assists. He scored double digits this week. Hey, Brian's right. He's a stud. He's a stud. He's a stud. Now, I'm sorry. Personal principles are in the way. Oh, my god! I will not own Richarlison for the rest of my life. The, the, oh. This is not an own or not own. Dud. This is... Dud. Okay. Man, his numbers. Alexander are... Mitrovic. Stud or dud? Stud. Mm. Remember, it's all about price point. Yep. Uh, but. It's not a dud. Uh, I'm going to go butts on this one. 
There's no butts. There's no butts. Oddly enough, I'm going butts. <laughs> okay, Scott, just no, go. No, Scott, go. I, we can't allow butts to be an yes, answer. Yes, we can. But Does it make a difference if, I'm, the third if I'm spelling it B-U-T-Z? <laughs> no, that doesn't make any sense. Go. Go. We All don't right. have time. Meet your bitch. It says something that I transferred out Chris Wood as part of my negative four. Okay. To get to DCL and not Mitrovic. Okay. He plays Aston Villa game week three. I kept Mitrovic. He's playing game. against the wall that is Emiliano Martinez. He is, and Kanza and Mings made the dream team following their shutout, their their clean sheet over Sheffield. I still kept Mitrovic. I'm calling him a stud. Harvey Barnes, Dave. A uh, stud. Can I give you a Harvey Barnes stat? I love this one. No, this is, I, listen. I, this, <laughs> Brian breaks the rules more than anybody. I want rules. you to know this because this is important. Glad hey, I Dave, know thanks for following the rules. Glad I know this. <laughs> I want you to know something about Harvey Barnes, and Can't this is wait. very important. <laughs> Harvey Barnes, so far this season, in a segment I like to call Harv. <laughs> WTF. <laughs> Harvey Barnes. No, H-A-R-V, exclamation point. Harv? <laughs> oh, no. At least one exclamation point. <laughs> Harvey Barnes has touched the ball in the opponent box 18 times this season. Do you know who he is behind? No one. Mo Salah and Richarlison. Oh, That's wow. it. Wow. He has the third most touches in the penalty area so far in the Premier League of any player this season. He had five shots and three on target this week, most of any Leicester City player. He has ten shots on the season. It is third most in the Premier League. Guess who it's behind? Mo Salah and Richarlison. Harvey Barnes has ten shots. Salah has 13. Richarlison has 12. If Leicester City was playing anyone but Manchester City this week, he would be the second most transferred in player in the Premier League other than Sun. I am sure of that. Other th- or maybe Dominic Calvert-Lewin. At the position, though, only Sun would be on top of him. Instead, Harvey Barnes is currently the 23rd most transferred in player this week. He is 7,000 fewer transfers in than Donny Van de Beek. I do not understand that at all. Harvey Barnes is playing 100% like a stud. If... Love that one word. The Premier <laughs> It was well said. It was excellently said. If the Premier League had a mother <laughs> protocol okay. for injuries, Sheesh. then I would have never brought Christian Pulisic into my lineup. Sure. And Harvey Barnes would, would still would be in, in it. The, yeah. And I would have yeah. had his 13 points Understood. Today. I'm pissed. I, I, I'm with you. Harvey Barnes it. is a stud. I get it. Danny Ings. Stud. What? Why? <laughs> He's going to get hurt. A he'll brace. Hurt. He had a brace in his last no, match. I, I mean, he'll get hurt next week. I can't believe he's doing it again, but he's doing it again. It's it's Danny Ings as a stud. If your lineup, if, if you allow for a makeup for a, a, a Danny Ings price point in your forward line, then he's a stud. I get why you wouldn't have him, but I also get why you would. I'm going to go stud. I just don't think he's long-term. Mateus Pereira, West Brom. Sweet goal to start the weekend. Dud. What? Why? He's a West Brom player. So what? He's a West Brom player. He got you what you want. I thought Norwich was on the field. Yeah, it's not good. No, he personally stud. Go buy him then. Go buy him. You buying him? You love I, him? I'm you not buy get, him. I'm not you got a t-shirt made with 
Pereira's name on it? I'm not going to uh, to to Pereira. I'll, I'll say Dud, but I wouldn't criticize anyone who had him. All right, Dave. Game week three. Who's your captain, and what are you doing with your lineup? So I have potent. I have Saint Maximum going out. Potent's coming in. I am. I'm yet to make a move. Well, uh, uh, let me with just say, it says something that you're at the end of your midfield with your free transfer. That's that says some well, good things uh, about so your starting. Well, your I have Mares, Rashford, Rodriguez. I think Rashford's going to have a bounce back week. I was not happy with with United. Look, I could wild card, but I don't have to. You, you want to save it for those times when you have to. I don't feel like I have to. I don't love all my matchups this week. I have three Arsenal players playing three Liverpool players at the moment, <laughs> and I don't love that. Um, you can't bench them all. No, so I, I might just say screw it all and just play them all and let the chips fall where they may, and maybe take a little bit less of a of a week. Because honestly, Brian, you're right. Like I made moves last week. I made a move I didn't need to make, mm-hmm. and in that process, I needed to move Pulisic out. So you lost Pulisic 24. Rodriguez was happening yeah. last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, you lost twenty four points. Though. So, so exactly. So I I I brought Rashford in, moved Sun out, but I didn't have to make that move. Right. So I'm just looking at this. I'm like, I don't have to make these other moves. I could do one move and not even take a minus four and just let the chips fall where they may. I think that's probably what I'm going to do. If you have the right guys, patience is always rewarded. I hope so. So anyways, well, let's, uh, let's – I mean, I don't want to keep harping on stats. I mean, even though that's what I tend to do. Uh, but no, I mean, even two weeks ago, I, I didn't – I think it was more about the look of Spurs. I didn't like that. But Son was clearly the creative spark. He was the energy guy. He had the preseason form. You just you got an unbelievable return from a guy if you held on to him and didn't sell him this week. Uh, for me, uh, I've already also taken a minus four. I am sorely tempted to tra- to make to click the wild card uh, active button. And Even after a negative four. Well, yeah, he, but that would wipe out all. It, it that would, would wipe, would out, wipe my out my negative. negative and four so, yeah, that would when take. You do that, that. I would. I would not. So anyone out there who's new and listening, anytime you have a negative in the process, and you use a wild card on that week, it negates the negative. It makes yeah. it goes away, and then now, now you're playing with house. Yeah, money. and this week, I mean, with the guy that I I mentioned way way earlier in the show, the another guy who is probably going to drop in price before the week starts is Timo Werner for Chelsea. That. Again, like the many other things I don't understand so far to start the season, why people are doing that with West Brom and Crystal Palace and Southampton as Chelsea's next three matches, that is beyond me. I really genuinely do not understand the people who are selling Werner to go to someone else. There is unbelievable upside well, I know why. for someone. Because they can him. go to Calvert-Lewin and save $2 and spend that in their midfield and upgrade upgrade a... You know, eight O guy to a or you know or a ten guy to to KDB or Sterling or sure, and I feel like you could do the exact same thing with second second forward going up to Dominic Calvert Lewin from some other place in your team and keep Werner. I, I'm just yeah, saying that's the, fair. I'm just saying the upside is high coming into this stretch this run for Chelsea, and we should have clarity on Pulisic as soon as Pulisic is in there and healthy, and this is a functional. Uh, Chelsea attack the way it is, I, I th- they are scary. Werner should have had at least a return for you this week. Absolutely should have had a return when he didn't get week. it, and the wild and the uh, red card came out. 
it obviously immediately diminished what Timo Werner could give you. Right, and that was early on. But even with that, he still draws the penalty and had the best chances for Chelsea. The guy is ridiculous fast. That guy is so fast. We didn't mention Jorginho. Yeah, we did a little bit, but Jorginho missed the penalty this week. If he makes it, we're talking about Jorginho as a 5-0 midfielder option for Chelsea. Well, I mentioned him in my 5-0 dilemma. So uh, my moves this week um, that I've already made, I had uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who I knew I I needed to get rid of. Thankfully, Maitland-Niles got zero minutes this week. That was extremely helpful. Uh, because it gave me Tyrek Mitchell's five off the bench, which was uh, that's good. Five is better than zero uh, by my calculations. Um, <laughs> so I uh, made the straight swap in price uh, prior to the price rise. Ainsley Maitland-Niles to put my money where my mouth is. Reese James is uh, currently a member of my squad, and I wanted to take the minus four uh, because I was gonna lose money on Che Adams, which would have been even extra painful from already owning Che Adams as it was uh, going into this season. Che Adams, one of the most uh, uh, ranking up there in the highest with the uh, forward so far in big chances and just has not put any of them away. We could be having a very different discussion about Che Adams right now if he had buried one of his big chances so far this season. Mm. Che Adams out. Alexander Mitrovic in. Uh, the matchup swayed me. And I wanted to say I still have an extra dollar in the bank, although my debate was with Chris Wood, and he makes me extremely nervous for this run of matches that Burnley has coming yeah. up. Yeah, I didn't feel great sending him out, but I did send him out to bring DCL in. It felt important to bring DCL in. To me, it it mattered to take the negative four to get the money that DCL is going up following all of the points that he brought you in game week two. So that was my move. I've taken a negative four, although that wild card is really tempting me hard. Uh, DCL, Zaha in. Chris Wood, Christian Pulisic out as of now. Okay. But let me just make the plug. If you follow us on Twitter, if you follow us on Instagram, if you follow us on Facebook, even Patreon, you will see throughout the week what we decide to do with our lineups. In fact... Last year's mini mini league winner, Aaron, Aaron, he has given us what he has done so far with his wild card, and we will publish that on our social media throughout this week. So you will see what he's doing with his wild card. Clearly, he's doing something right that you want to pay attention to, and he's got a good wild card squad. So we'll put put that on our social media channels. Scott, in closing. Uh, I also want to plug this. Uh, on the next international break coming up, uh, I went on a golf trip with A.A. Ron, and I had a chance to interview him. We had an awesome time talking. I'm going to post that. I think a lot of what he has to say is so important because he is an American who has been brought in mainly sort of because of, of our friendship. And I'm like, hey, he was interested in what in what I was doing with this podcast and other things. Brought him in. He is an American sports fan who has fallen in love with this, and he gets to tell his story. I'm very pumped about it, and uh, he and I will have a, a little interview talk. We have it done, and uh, on the next international break, Scott, I'll be uh, I'll be putting it out there. Love it. I'm also going to do a series throughout the season where I read, I actually read the laws of the game, and I'm going to do monologue episodes. Really? Yeah, I'm going to do monologue episodes based on 
my observations of what the actual laws have to say. So we've got lots of great content, no matter whether there's matches or not. Stick with the FPL America podcast. We're one of a kind, and we're doing something good, and I'm excited about what's to come in the new season. We are only two game weeks in. There are still 360 matches to go. Once again, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. We're updating all those things throughout every single week and during most of the days where matches are being played. It's exciting, and we're glad that you're along with us. Absolutely. Wait, there's one more guy. Brian's one last thing. What was I thinking? (laughs) There's one guy we have to say. All right. Because he scored a goal. Yeah. And he's cheap. Okay. Just a Jimmy Dunn from Burnley. Who? Defender. Oh, man. Who? No one was more psyched to score a goal in this game week than Jimmy Dunn. Who? Jimmy Dunn is okay. a 4-0 Burnley defender okay. who not only played against Leicester this week, but scored a goal against Leicester this week. Um, I would just say, uh, I, I would just say don't. Go get him. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you obviously, you know, if you if you saw the news and you figured out that he was going to be starting ahead of this week's matches, I mean, great. But uh, James Tarkowski should be back. That was largely the result of Tarkowski with his hurt foot not playing. Uh, Tarkowski should be playing back, playing for Burnley in midweek, which you assume then, unless there's a setback with his injury at some point or whatever, that James Tarkowski will be back for Burnley. Going into the next week's uh, going into next week's match against Southampton, uh, that would mean you will have Kevin Long and James Tarkowski as your Burnley center back pairing, as it should be, as long as Ben Mee is still injured, which he is for several weeks. Brian, thank you for that one last thing. It's a great story, uh, but you're, there's no reason you'll ever see Jimmy Dunn on the Burnley pitch again. Unbelievable. Thank you for wasting that time for me. For the FPL America podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.